And now, the TWL players present a dramatic reading of a poem that Brooke Hogan wrote about her famous father just days after a tape was released where Hulk Hogan admitted to being a racist. Enjoy! If You Knew My Father by Brooke Balea If you knew the dad I knew, you'd know his tender heart. He'd never want to hurt his fans or family from the start. If you knew my father, you would know how hard he fought and the way it brought a smile to people light, medium, and dark. We always fight a battle that people never see. And sometimes when, he, when you're hurting, you don't think logically. Human isn't perfect, and perfect is not he. But I can tell you one thing, it's just not what it seems. Because if you knew the dad I knew, you know he raised me well. He taught me folks are so much more than shades could ever tell. And if you knew my father, you would know he's down to earth. He may have slammed the giant, but remember life's true worth. If you knew my father, if you just walked into his shoes, then you would know that microscope that comes with yellow boots. If you knew my father, you would see your own in mine. And if he was your father, you could never find divide. Because me, I bet your father or someone that you love maybe regrets something they wish they'd never done. So if you know my father, remember he's a man, and you would crave relief if people judged everything you did. The Lord says to forgive them, don't be the one to stone. So please remember his strong arms when you were all alone. The lives he's changed, the friends he's made, the people he's inspired. It makes me sad to see my dad defeated and so tired. If you knew my father, you would know just how he's hurting. For he loves every one of you, regardless of your story. And if you met my father, I know he'd give you love. He'd lift you up, apologize, and give you all a hug. For those who think you know my father, remember who you are. We all can make mistakes and carry ugly scars. Because I know my father, I can promise this. Just like you and I, things we don't mean can sometimes slip. We all continue learning. This life can be so rough. So if you know my father, please try not to be tough. My father has a daughter, and I have feelings too. And if I knew your father, I would do the same for you. If You Knew My Father by Brooke Balea, July 24th, 2015. You're listening to The Wrestling Life on iTunes. SoundCloud, and at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It's episode 185. It is our second show of the new year, right Liam? Absolutely. You know, it feels like we haven't talked since last year about professional wrestling, but I mean, obviously that's not true because we did a show last week. That's correct. We definitely did. Oh, hi everybody. I'm Ethan. I'm from I'm from, I'm from uh, scoops.com. Liam is from at TWL underscore podcast on Twitter. We are your, uh, your host, your 
And uh, Liam, as usual, we have so much to talk about this week. And so much we can't talk about. We definitely can't talk about Chris Jericho and his wife being swingers. That's right. We can't talk about Mandy Rose walking around in a towel. Um, I can't think of anything else we can't talk about. So let's get into the stuff that we can talk about. This is uh, almost a week old at this point, but we had a Wrestle Kingdom watch party at <laughs> at 2 a.m. Eastern time, and uh, the biggest non-WWE show of the year took place. Hiroshi Tanahashi beat Kenny Omega. Just broad strokes, did you enjoy Wrestle Kingdom? Yeah, I thought it was a fun show. It was uh, a lot shorter than I expected. Almost every match was like shorter than... I would have thought it would have gone, and there was also no intermission. So I was expecting to maybe be watching until about 8.30 a.m. Eastern time, and I was, uh, you know, I, it was over by about 7.30 uh, Eastern time. So uh, no, no big complaints. I thought the main event was great. I really liked the Okada match, and uh, I thought the Osprey-Ibushi match was a lot of fun, although that can't really judge that one fairly because I know uh, Bushi got legitimately hurt in it. But yeah, overall, strong show. What about you? I was absolutely thrilled that it only went four hours. I know you said it <laughs> ended at 7.30. It actually ended a little before 7. Um, and then at our watch party, our friend, uh, <laughs> who, will oh, not be, right. who, will, who will not be named, made us sit and watch a half hour of YouTube videos that he was dying to share with us. And, uh, I mean, that was clearly the most excruciating 30-plus <laughs> minutes <laughs> of the year so far. Yeah, it was, uh, it was tough, but we, uh, we soldiered on through. I mean, there's, there's something to be said about reading the room. And, you know, it's... At a it's, certain point, you gotta make you got to make a decision where it doesn't matter if you're being rude. You just need to tell the person, no, it's time to leave. So right. I was I, that person this time. And I'm grateful that you were because, you know, it was my house, but I didn't want to um, say, hey, man, just just please no more videos. Just please go home. <laughs> um, and you thankfully, I, maybe this is just the difference in our personalities, but you had absolutely no qualms about telling the man, hey, uh, <laughs> let's wrap this up. <laughs> I think two is polite and three is <laughs> where I drew my line. Look, everyone hits their breaking point, and uh, I just I couldn't do I couldn't do number three. Well, that's fine. Uh, yeah, so that show went uh, went about four hours, and it was a good show. As you mentioned, I think just about everything on the show except the main event could have used more time, but I would rather uh, be left wanting a little more than watching a six-hour show at three in the morning. So yeah, no complaint. No complaints. Obviously, Kenny Omega losing in the main event there um, was maybe a harbinger of things to come for New Japan, who are at least temporarily not going to be working with the new startup All Elite Wrestling. And All Elite had their rally this week. They kicked things off. Chris Jericho is involved, as it was reported by SC Scoops three months ago, and everyone roundly denied. <laughs> by everyone, do you mean his friend, Dave Meltzer? Yeah, we can get into that a little bit as we talk as we start unpacking this all elite stuff, but there's some really shady stuff going on with the wrestling media and all elite. Yeah. Um I don't know. Where do we, where do you want to start? Uh Kenny Omega is 
announced that he's leaving. <laughs> he's going away from New Japan. And everyone treated this as a news story, not remembering that he did this exact same th- thing two years ago. Correct. That was my... And if you listen to what he said in that interview, like, it was a promo. He cut a promo on Tanahashi in that in his quote-unquote exit interview where he's talking about how, like, ta- I can't live in a world where Tanahashi is the face of New Japan and and we're one in one and I really want that rubber match. But it's like, it's like I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, you would think he would end up in All Elite at some point. But, I mean... That interview and the surrounding circumstances just scream to me. He's like he's not, he's not leaving New Japan. Whatever he's got, whatever else he's gonna do, he ain't leaving New Japan. I think th- really the the only question here is is his loyalty going to be to All Elite first or New Japan first, and will the New Japan ROH relationship? Uh, still take precedence over any potential New Japan All Elite relationship after their Madison Square Garden show. Like I, I don't know what's on paper. I don't know what contracts are signed beyond, uh, you know that that first week that show in the first week of April of this year. But to me, I don't know. ROH is just, like I don't know how they ended up at the table here. <laughs> I really don't like they just don't feel hot at all to me with Dalton Castle and Matt Taven and Jay Lethal and the Briscoes and Bully Ray and Flip Gordon. It's like a lot of those guys are good. Not all, but a lot of those guys are good. <laughs> and but they just don't feel relevant to me. And yet they're somehow like in the driver's seat <laughs> in this in this whole I scenario. Mean, the one thing that they've got that control over that matters is Marty Skrull, right? I mean, and I don't even not, know how much he matters if he's not surrounded by the other elite guys. No offense to him. N- no, I for another year or so, right, or nine months or whatever it is. Yeah, but does that does that make a difference? Like, I, <laughs> I mean, would New Japan would not stick with ROH because they have Marty Skrull? No, no, and clearly, you know, they are at a point where they're not even gonna. <laughs> Or they're they're choosing to stick with ROH even if it ends up costing them Kenny Omega, at least yeah. in the short at least in the short term. Yeah, I mean, I I think what happens after that show in April, as you mentioned, is what's going to be like the real litmus test for all of this. Because right, ROH doesn't bring much, and all of the you know the the American talent New Japan was bringing over from ROH now work for all elite basically. So. I mean, and I know Jericho, I know they've been, or Jericho certainly has been campaigning for a match with Tanahashi uh, and one with Okada. So it's like, okay, do we keep ROH just because of like, well, we did this Mass Square Garden show with uh, with them and we've been friends with them for years? Or do we go after m- matches that will actually make us like money? Like <laughs> that will actually be positive for our business, like... Uh, like getting Kenny Omega back in the mix and and getting Chris Jericho in for some big shows. And if that's the case, I feel like, yeah, ROH, I mean, we, we talked about this the day, like the week after All In, how it seemed like ROH was just immediately going to be the odd man out if all of these guys left. And I don't think that's changed. That That's true. 
just one more note on New Japan, I guess, before we really start unpacking All Elite here, because I have about 500,000 thoughts on All Elite. But sure, sure. I'm sure you do as well. Uh, Kushida, he of the terrifying Tokyo Dome entrance, <laughs> uh, is headed to WWE. Uh, of New good. Japan and your nightmares fame, Kushida. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure how much of this... Uh, conversation about Kushida we've had on the show before and how much we've just had on Twitter or whatever, but I think Kushida is like 34, 35 years old and his he's pretty much held, to, held together with duct tape and yeah. I feel like he's best suited to work tags with a real physical hard-hitting style like in New Japan. So probably like Nakamura, he's starting to feel like his body's quitting on him and he wants to go see the world and wrestle in wwe uh anyway so i look forward to him uh in nxt and on 205 live yeah yeah that's that seems that seems pretty obvious yeah it's it's funny we were talking about it i think uh during wrestle kingdom it's like those last few minutes of every kushida match are still special but it's like they i think if you look at him and you look he's all taped up he looks like he's looks like a lot of what he does causes him physical pain um and you figure out, oh, that's maybe why he lays on the mat a lot in the first <laughs> 10 minutes of his matches. It's because he's saving up for the crazy last, you know, six or seven. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, all elite. They had their rally this week, their, their kickoff. Well, first they announced that they were going to be a thing officially at 12.01 on January 1st this year. And it's like the worst kept secret in all of wrestling that this startup was happening. I feel like they've made a lot of missteps already. <laughs> they just couldn't wait until after the Tokyo Dome to announce this thing. Why exactly? I'm not sure. Uh, unless they, I guess they wanted to get a crowd out for this rally, but this rally is happening now when they're not going to run a show for four, more, for four more months. And everyone is, claiming that the rally being in Jacksonville uh, the same day that SmackDown was in Jacksonville was just a coincidence, and I don't Come buy that. Come on. I don't, I don't buy that for a second. Um, the... They just happened to have it on a Tuesday night, <laughs> two hours before SmackDown. Yeah, you know. <laughs> in the same city where SmackDown is, sure. Right. Like you, can, you can get away with saying the same city because it's... Okay, you know, the Khan family is based in Jacksonville or whatever. Like, that's okay, that's strike one, but all right. And then you go, oh, and we're doing it the same night as the SmackDown. Okay, that's strike two. And we're doing it like at a time where people that would maybe be going to SmackDown can go to this rally and then even go to SmackDown. I was like, all right, come on, man. Don't, as the old saying goes, don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. And and look, that's fine. That's a good strategy. But when there are news outlets reporting that it's just a coincidence, I'm like, are you? You can't really believe that, can you? Yeah, it's anyway. Do you, and I, do you want to have a conversation about access <laughs> journalism right now? Sure. I mean, okay. I, first of all, let me say I I do some work for WrestlingObserver.com, and I think we're about to take. <laughs> About to take a big old shit on them. All right. <laughs> um, but hey, I do some work for them. I like all those guys. I respect sure. 
I respect Dave a lot. I look up to Dave. Dave Meltzer over at WrestlingObserver.com. Sure. I mean, I'm not... Look, this is not a problem exclusive to wrestling media or any media. There are... Uh, it's called... It's you know The term is access journalism where people will not report what the actual will not report the entire truth or will not report the total truth for fear uh or of want to protect their sources or for fear of burning those sources if they were to just say what was actually happening and therefore they are they play back and they speak in code words and or they just don't report it or they try to play down uh, negative aspects of things um, or leave certain names out of uh, of stories. Like These are all things that happen in all areas of journalism. It's not exclusive to professional wrestling journalism, but it is a problem, and it is something that, like, again, it's, like, it, it's really tough when you know people know more than they're saying, and these people are, like, and, and look, like, embargoes on news are a real thing where like, you know, a company or a person will give someone a story and say, I don't want you to publish this until such and such a date. And if they just said, Hey, I'm under some sort of, uh, you know, news embargo until this date, then I'll have all the details. I think that would be a little more upfront if that is indeed the case. Yeah. And let me, if I can just let me jump in on that. Sure. I, I've also, I also have done, uh, TV reviews for newspapers over the years. And that that's, I feel like it's a lot less serious in that realm and in this realm where it's like, okay, here's a screener. You can watch our television show a month early, but you can't publish it until the, until the, the day the show airs. And right. I feel like in entertainment journalism, which is kind of what pro wrestling journalism is. I feel like that's okay. That's, I don't want to say okay, but I this the stakes here are a lot lower than if you know this we were covering a presidential campaign or something. Correct. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that's okay. Very true. I no, I agree. I'm not, and so I'm not. I don't want to say that. Oh, everyone's you know every wrestling reporter is compromised or Dave Meltzer's compromised because of this story. But I mean, if you're asking me, do I think he intentionally held stuff back either by request or? for fear of burning a source. Yeah, absolutely. I think the fact that Jim Ross's name has not been mentioned as being a part of the story on in certain corners of the media by reporters who are friends with Jim Ross <laughs> is another big red flag. Yeah. So I, <laughs> look, I, again, I didn't want this to turn into let's crap on, wrestling journalism because again it's not a pro it's not an issue that's exclusive to wrestling journalism and it's not even as you mentioned in certain cases it's really not an issue at all when right. it comes to to you know certain aspects of entertainment industry or entertainment reporting but in this case it's just like again maybe it would be better to just say i'm not at liberty to discuss <laughs> this until this date right well I you know, to play devil's advocate, I can see it from the other side, too, where you're like, if you say that, you're going to be accused of being on the payroll and compromised <laughs> anyway. Sure. And if and if you don't, well, you're being accused of being compromised and on the payroll. So, right. <laughs> so you're, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. But 
So they had this rally and they were big on pyro and ballyhoo and they were short on a lot of specifics. Plus Billy Gunn was there. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) William William Gunn. He wrestled Tanahashi once. Yes, for the Intercontinental title. Gato, in his infinite wisdom, we never questioned our Lord and Savior Gato's booking decisions. He's like, you know what the American fans of New Japan Pro Wrestling want to see? Billy effing Gunn versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. It's really unbelievable. <laughs> it's really unbelievable in hindsight. Anyway, well, I mean, it was, it was unbelievable in foresight too. Yes, <laughs> but, but so they had this rally. AEW had their their rally in Jacksonville, and my takeaway, first of all, from some of the social media videos coming out of it, is that. I hope this is not the case, but it sure reads like the Khan family are just money marks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you have a do you have a thought on it? Like, is this I guess we won't know until we have more evidence, but to this point, my um hopes that this is gonna be anything other than a much better funded uh impact <laughs> <laughs> with a little bit more star power. Are uh, my hopes are are low right now, especially after seeing that rally yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me a little bit of if you watched Glow. No. So the Netflix series Glow, one of the the main characters of the show is like this rich kid who is funding the show because he's such a huge mark for pro wrestling. <laughs> and like, there's a scene where he goes to like his his childhood bedroom and he's got like you know magazine covers with Bruno San Martino on them. And he, he was just like this really rich kid who had nothing going on for himself and decided he wanted to get into pro wrestling because he was such a big fan. And that's kind of what it reminded me of. Um, and Look, the, as you mentioned, the, they got a lot of money. And everyone, the phrase that I keep reading is that a quote-unquote a TV deal is imminent, uh, whatever that means. So it could be... <laughs> And, but until we see a real product, we, their next show is in what five months? May of uh, is all all in two, and there's a a yet to be announced date in Jacksonville coming. But I mean, we we don't know a lot. We know there was a lot of promises made about you know wrestlers being full employees and and perhaps having health care and men and women being paid equally. And, and things like that. And that all sounds really good. And that's awesome if it's true. And is like, I, like, I really want, I would really love for this to succeed and for there to be another place for people to go that they can make good money uh, as professional wrestlers. That would be great. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like it was, it was a, it was a press conference in Jacksonville and out, you know, they didn't, they didn't do much that was like a big shocking announcement. I guess, you know, they announced that uh, the former Neville Pac is going to be there and Jericho, obviously. And then like everybody else, we kind of, you know, was, was already like 100% known. So I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I don't want to come at this too negatively, but until I see some evidence that like they know what they're doing, I'm kind of just going to sit on the fence for now. Oh, 100%. 100%. That's totally valid. And 
I'm not, I don't know how you would describe what friends that you've never met is like in the social media age, but like, <laughs> like I am, I'm Twitter friends or something with some of the principals, not the principals, but with some people that are involved here, like, sure. Con like Conrad and Cody's sister. <laughs> and like, sure. I, I know that like, I want these people to do well and succeed. They've been nice to me, you know, I, and, and that's cool. But all those, those things yesterday that were said, like talking about equal pay and giving the, uh, a large portion of the gate from the show in Jacksonville to victims of gun violence and, uh, employees being, uh, or, you know, wrestlers being employees and top, top employees having healthcare. That's all sounds really wonderful, but, there are absolutely zero specifics on that. Like, so are, you know, obviously jobbers are not going to make the same as main eventers. Right. You can't, I mean, Britt Baker's not going to make what Cody makes. Right. <laughs> so what does equal pay mean? Uh, are all wrestlers going to be employees or is that just Cody and the Bucks and Jericho? <laughs> right. And are they the only ones that get health care? Like there's, absolutely no detail given and and it's not like that you know a pep rally is the place to go into all of those things necessarily sure but if you if you announce those things and then talk to the media afterwards you should have specific some specifics ready for that yeah i would i would it would be helpful though if there were like real media there though that would help <laughs> who, who know what questions to ask you know yeah. Oh, I, Mookie Gana was listing Twitter friends. Mookie Gana. Like, <laughs> yeah. Mookie's, wor Mookie's working for him, apparently. That's cool. You know? Yeah, good for them. Good for him. Yeah, good times. I mean, I, I hope, I think we're on the same page in that we hope this succeeds. Yeah. I mean, but we're very skeptical right now. Yes. Like, I hope my concerns are unfounded. Uh, you know, I'd love to be wrong, but the burden of being myself is that I rarely ever am. So when I have concerns, <laughs> they're usually well founded. Here and here, you know, one of us is always right. Correct. It's it's not we're not a hundred percent individually, but collectively, we are a hundred percent correct. So along those lines, let's talk about. Um, is there actually? I guess is there anything else you want to hit on with New Japan, All Elite, Ring of Honor before we move on to talking about some WWE stuff? I mean, not really. I mean, they got their their New Year's Dash stuff and their, uh, I guess, the New Beginning shows coming up in New Japan. Nothing super exciting on there other than, I guess, the Kushida's last match is with Tanahashi, which is really nice. But, yeah, other than that, nothing nothing super exciting. Uh, Naito's wrestling uh, Tai Chi, so. Good Lord. I'm good. I'm good with that, man. I think I'm, uh, <laughs> this might be a month I take off from New Japan World. <laughs> That's... That's that's uh, that's acceptable. Switchblade Jay White has made a lot of progress in the last year. Like he'll sure. look like a child to me <laughs> a, a year ago. Like you can't tell me if this little boy is going to beat <laughs> is going to beat men. He's a little <laughs> yeah. boy who likes knives. <laughs> oh, I'm a chubby little boy. I love sausages. <laughs> Feed me sausages. Um, <laughs> he's come a long way. And I think he's a viable challenger for Tanahashi. But, like, to me, if, the, if it were me, 
I would be spending the next year building to that headlining Tokyo Dome next year. Uh, you know, one of the two Tokyo Dome shows next year. Yeah. Uh, rather than going to it right away because you don't have anybody else ready, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, and for better or worse, like the new beginning show always feels like it's the placeholder title match. So, I mean, this screams like it could have been like Sonata or somebody at that level. And it being putting Jay White in that spot, assuming he doesn't win the title here, it, it just won't feel it, it feels like it'll kind of push him down a little bit when he was on the rise. And I will say, I mean, they gave Jay White the biggest win they could have possibly given him over Okada. And Okada come out as the Rainmaker. He has his blonde hair. He's not he's not midlife crisis balloons uh, Okada anymore. He's the Rainmaker again. He put on the shorts again, Ethan. We saw Okada's thighs. And still, Jay, Jay White just beat him. Beat him clean with his move. And so they, they've done a good job, as you mentioned. And his promos have gotten much better. Um, so I, I'm interested in, in that as a long-term story. But yeah, the idea of them just going right to this match, I, I would agree that it's, it's probably a little too soon. All right. WWE. Uh, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and now the rest of the story. Uh, although I think it says something that we're like 25 minutes in here or however long we've been talking now, and we're just talking about WWE now. Well, well you know, uh, we took a couple weeks off from uh, from talking about sort of modern wrestling, and uh, WWE was nice enough to also take a couple of weeks off from doing anything of any note. So that was nice of them. Indeed, that was very kind. And viewers took a couple of weeks off from watching the shows also. They sure did. <laughs> so, uh, mean Gene passed away. I mean, I don't know what we can add to a discussion on Mean Gene at this point, but any favorite memories or anything that uh, you care to share with us about Mean Gene? I mean, yeah, he was, you know, I think I mentioned before, like when I was a kid, the current, I'm a little, I'm a little bit younger, I'm 25. So, like, the wrestling that was actually on when I was a kid, I was not allowed to watch because that was, like, height of the Attitude Era. Grew up in a pretty religious household. So I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of Steve Austin and The Rock. But I was allowed to watch older stuff, uh, tapes of uh, old WrestleManias and stuff. So even though it's he technically wasn't part of my childhood, he kind of was through the, you know, through the magic of, of, of home video. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and DVDs and stuff as I got a little bit older, obviously. Um, and, I mean, to me, the stuff that always sticks out to me, once everything important has been covered, you know, his great run in the AWA, his importance to, you know, all of the characters, but especially to the top guys in WWF, I always like to mention, and people said kind of say the same thing when, when Bobby Heenan died, where people go, well, yeah, but once Gene went to WCW, he was like, he sucked, or he wasn't as good. And that might be true to an extent, but he still brought it for the main event guys. Like he, I can't understate how important Gene's role is in those first couple NWO promos, um, specifically the one at Bash of the Beach, um, where he's he's so upset and he's so furious at Hulk Hogan for dropping a leg on uh, Randy Savage, and yeah. he's so disgusted and he's telling Hogan, I've been with you for years. How could you do this? And it's like, you, you, Gene was all of us in that moment. He had, he had been betrayed by this man he thought he understood. No subtext there. Um, <laughs> and, 
And uh, so I, I just want to say I appreciate I appreciate some of Gene's work in uh, as well as all of the great stuff he did in WWF and some of the funnier moments, the skits he did with Heenan or Lord Alfred Hayes or whoever. I, I also just want to say like, hey, he may have been like his best days may have sort of been behind him by the time like 95, 96, 97 rolled around. But for guys like Flair, Hogan, Sting, like, he still brought it, man. I also think that you hear the BS line about people getting the rub just by working with bigger stars. Yes. <laughs> and that's oftentimes old guys tell young guys that just so they can beat them. <laughs> <laughs> and I do think that a lot of the, I mean, once you get into the new blood era, kind of in WCW there, a lot of those guys, well, obviously they never became stars, but they were made bigger stars just by standing next to Gene, Gene holding a microphone for them, you know? Absolutely. Like, I, I think there there was such a thing as getting the rub from being in a segment with, with me and Gene. So I don't know, for whatever that's worth. Yeah, him 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 standing there and just telling the audience, hey, listen up, this what this person is saying is important. So they brought they brought Hulk Hogan to Monday Night Raw this week to do a tribute to me and Gene. And they also brought Flair, Ric Flair to TV. And I thought they were going to use him as a human shield for Hulk Hogan and send them out there together. But uh, they did not. And as predicted, Hulk Hogan was in full-on aw shucks Terry mode uh-huh. as he delivered a promo about Mean Gene. And if this took place in a vacuum, it would have been about as nice as it could be. And the video package that they played in that segment, tell you what, there's no better industry to die in because, uh, the you know, a WWE video package and a Dave Meltzer obituary, those are like, those things are unmatched. And that sounds yeah. like a joke or something, but it's not. Like, no, there's, right. there's, no one, there's no one better at putting together a, a video package highlighting your career and your life than WWE's video people. Dave Meltzer writes the best obituaries I've ever read. Uh, you know, they managed to gloss over any bad stuff about you and make you seem like, you know, a really big deal and give proper context and weight to what you accomplished. And it's like really great stuff. So that was cool. And then they had all shucks Terry there <laughs> in a vacuum. It would have been nice, but unfortunately we don't live in a vacuum. No, um, there's, a t- <laughs> there's a tape where he literally says the words, I am a racist. Like so, that's 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 his legacy. Like that's, and that's he he'll have to carry that forever. Now, as you mentioned, he you know he he came out and he did do the full Hogan entrance with the boas and the posing, but he he tried to he justified that by saying you know Gene would have wanted him to be in character for it, and and then yes he was he didn't talk about himself again for the rest of the segment. Just talked about how much he loved me and Gene and. But for whatever, you know, I don't I don't think Hulk Hogan's really capable of telling the truth. God knows if he even knows what the truth is anymore. <laughs> but I don't doubt that Hulk Hogan and me and Gene really did care for each other and really did love each other. And they, you know, they did they were friends socially outside of the wrestling business. That that is true. So um but I just it's yeah, you can't you can't turn you can't as you said, you context is unavoidable in this scenario. So, yeah. So that was uh, that was one part of Monday Night Raw. Another part, uh, 
uh, I'm really excited to talk about. Um, Liam, it's boss time. Oh, no. And now, it's boss time. Oh, yeah, my favorite wrestler, Sasha Banks, is going to be wrestling Ronda Rousey at Royal Rumble for the Raw Women's Championship. And we kind of mentioned it when they teased this match about six weeks ago or so that I don't think they're going to go to that just on television because I think they think there's money there. And boy, was I right. Uh, Sasha Banks won a number one contenders match on Monday Night Raw. She beat Nia Jax. That match... I saw someone on Twitter compare it to a Shawn Michaels Vader match <laughs> <laughs> from from Vader's ill-fated WWF run where the match Shawn, that ruined Vader's life. Yes, where Shawn would Shawn wanted to do all this stuff with Vader and Vader just couldn't do any of it. <laughs> I don't know who all right. I, I, I would just like to bask in uh in this win for my favorite wrestler right now rather than uh focus on any potential negatives from that match. Uh, when you say negatives, are you talking about when she tried to do a hurricane Rana and landed on her head? I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, look All right. All I, right. I don't want to ruin boss No, time. boss time's over. Okay. <laughs> that was boss time. No, but that was that was really bad. That was really bad. Like well, in theory, that's a cool spot, but Nia Jax just refused to take a bump for it. <laughs> what bump was she gonna take? Was she gonna take a flip bump to the floor? That was that was the plan. You okay. can't tell me they called that in the ring. Okay. Well, whoever again, what have we talked about a hundred times when it comes to <laughs> what have we always said is the most important thing? Um, Family. <laughs> Breakfast, I was going to say. But um, no, you got to idiot proof Nia Jax matches. And especially when she's in there with someone that likes to do crazy spots that her opponents aren't capable of doing. <laughs> <sighs> Look, I often say on this show, by often, I think I mean one time, Sasha Banks is, is Sabu. And How there's good and bad that comes How with being Sabu. How dare you? That's the meanest thing you've ever said. <laughs> I don't think that. I don't think that's true. But um, look, there's good and bad. I thought you liked Sabu. I I, I like Sabu the wrestler. Right. I'm not I, don't like, she's a I don't like. I don't like addict and a psychopath. <laughs> I'm just saying she wrestles like. That's very mean, though. You know that's mean too. Sure, but I mean, I could say she wrestles like Molina if that makes you feel better. Oh my lord. She's better than Melina. Let me just say that. Oh, but she wrestles God. similarly. And she tries to do a lot of crazy spots like Melina used to. Oh, my God. I think you need to go watch some Melina matches. <laughs> there are similarities, is my point. <sighs> this turned really hurtful really fast. <laughs> New Year. New Year, same you. Yeah. Uh, so. My resolution was to be a meaner. <laughs> That's awesome. So I guess that that happened on Raw. And uh, Braun Strowman appeared to cut a, a bullet point slash 
unscripted promo on on Brock Lesnar. I don't see anyone else talking about this, but they very they are very clearly making some changes to the way that they do promos on the show. The backstage stuff they have kind of been phasing down the backstage interviewers over the last month or so, and they have people do these sit downs where they're reading their stuff off a prompter, which has its pluses and negatives. But I also believe that they've been experimenting with giving people bullet points or just telling them, hey, look into the camera and cut a promo. And I think there was an example of that on Raw this week with Dean Ambrose. I can't think of any in recent weeks off the top of my head, but I know that there have been some. And I think they told Braun Strowman, go out there and we're going to do a split screen with you and Brock, which, by the way, we've never seen that before. We literally have never seen that before. They're trying stuff. They're throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall to see sure. what sticks. And um, I'm not sure that Braun rose to the occasion. No, and like, <laughs> so I guess he should be scripted. I like, I thought either, yeah, either they didn't give him enough material, and he couldn't think of anything to say, or it was scripted and he forgot like every single line. Those <laughs> are like the only two options. Either, either he was lost, he was taking really long pauses, and like Heyman and Brock were like seemed like they were waiting for like the big line, and it just never came. So Brock just sort of nonchalantly walks to the ring, <laughs> and then they can't do anything physical because Braun apparently hasn't been cleared yet, so they couldn't do anything. So the segment was just it was if like if it was a bad talking segment that ended in a big brawl, that would probably wouldn't have left such a bad taste in people's mouth. But to do a really, really bad promo and then nothing, yeah, it was it was rough, rough go of it. Seth Rollins got laid out to end Raw. He's uh, he's going to go up against uh, Bob Lashley at some point soon. It seems like. Yeah, he's got a he's got a big giant to uh, to conquer on his way to WrestleMania. <laughs> As you mentioned, Vince McMahon one hundred and one. Yes, big. Uh, Big Bob and his plain black baseball cap and his leather vest. <laughs> he got that at plainhats.com, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, ex- I'm not going to pretend I'm excited to see Bob Lashley main event matches, but I mean, it's a, if it's like a program just like around the rumble, then I guess it's fine. And uh, let's see, SmackDown Live this week. Speaking of Vince McMahon 101. Uh, the new Daniel Bryan is going to be wrestling the real AJ Styles Ugh. at the Royal Rumble. I thought SmackDown was eminently watchable this week. I don't know if it was good, but it was watchable. Next <laughs> would be the catchphrase for SmackDown. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought it was fine. I liked the uh, the stuff with Bryan and AJ and, and even our truth getting in there. I thought that was a good, a good, uh, fun. I, anytime I get to see a wrestling match, I haven't seen. 300 times is always cool and i don't mm-hmm. ever remember seeing daniel bryan wrestle our truth before mm-hmm. so that was cool and uh i liked the uh the almas and joe versus uh ray and mustafa ali match including mm-hmm. what i believe to be the first successful canadian destroyer ever seen on wwe television that was something else and uh yeah and then almost just won which I think is the first time that's happened since he's been on the main roster, <laughs> at least over a top guy. Like, oh, yeah. I, mean, I think he beat some geeks when he first came up, but yeah, and he like traded wins with Rusev, but like every time he's wrestled like Brian or AJ or anybody, he's lost. So 
him getting a him getting in there and getting a a clean win over Ray is, is like, well, that's that's cool. I mean, Bill, even if it's just to give somebody a little bit of credibility because they're going to be in the Royal Rumble for a while or something, that's better than you know beating him like a drum and then throwing him in the Rumble and having him be in there for forty five minutes or whatever. Sure, sure. Also, they managed to uh, replay Lana's accidentally flashing her underwear six hundred times on SmackDown, and they Whoops. had they had not one but two segments with Mandy Rhodes wearing a towel. Tell you what, I also haven't seen anyone else comment on this. They are very clearly trying to sex up the shows as much as they can and maintain a PG environment. Hmm. Even the way they shoot the women's matches, just pay attention. Like. They are, are using camera angles <laughs> that they would not have used six weeks ago. Interesting. All right. Well, I guess they're uh, they're they're walking that line. I don't know where to take. This should have been in the so much to not talk about category. <laughs> That's absolutely true. My my bad. <laughs> but hey, Becky Lynch is wrestling Oscar for the title at the Royal Rumble. Oh, I don't you know. Mean like they announced three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, and then they just ended up doing it anyway. Yeah. They kind of find a way to make Carmella look competent in these three ways. Like, very clearly, she's the weakest link in most matches that she's in. But she ends up looking okay in these three ways. I don't know if it's because they're so scripted or, like, that's actually just the best use for her is, like, to do, like, a spot every five minutes. Yeah. But like, Okay, what can she do? She can do an okay super kick, and she can do that head scissors. And that's pretty much it. So just have her throw like 18 super kicks. And that's that's really all she had to do in that match. So, yeah, she was fine. I thought the I match was uh, pretty good. It was pretty good. I think the crowd heard it. Like, the crowd really Three. didn't get into it until maybe the last minute, even if <laughs> I'm not even sure they did that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, inter- I mean, it's interesting. As we can, moving forward, the report uh, from Dave Meltzer this week was that it's a three-way at WrestleMania. You mean like we reported on this show six weeks ago? Yes, hashtag scoops. Uh, like I said after TLC, like we both <laughs> said after Survivor Series. Uh, yes, it's going to be a three-way. Of course it's going to be a three-way, you numbskulls. Of course it is. As if it was ever... Like, look, if you want to look on the bright side of this, they figured out that they couldn't just do Ronda and Charlotte earlier than they did when they figured out they couldn't do just Randy and Dave at uh, WrestleMania 30 with Daniel Bryan. This this year they figured out in like, you know, November that, that it was going to have to be a three-way because otherwise people would crap all over <laughs> Charlotte versus Ronda. So they learned a little bit. But if if you think, as many people theorize, that this will be the first ever women's main event match at a WrestleMania... Uh, and you thought for one moment that Charlotte would not be in that match. Uh, you know, I have several bridges to sell you. Hmm. Well, that's. Uh, I think that's most of the key stuff this week. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to discuss? I'd like to discuss John Cena's bald spot. Ooh. You know, I texted you and I said I need to see the back of John Cena's head if see if I can try to figure out what's going on here because he's been balding for like five years and now he yeah. just has this full luscious head of hair and I wasn't sure if it was a, a hair transplant or a wig or what exactly it was and then 
we saw some photo evidence <laughs> over the last couple of weeks that actually it's just like really clever combing or something yeah, because the classic he, he has a giant bald spot. Yeah, it's real obvious when he because now his hair is really long and he's not uh, he's not part of the club that wets his hair. He doesn't listen <laughs> as Vincent Man likes when he comes out, so his hair just gets like really frizzy and starts to stick up by the end of his wrestling matches now. <laughs> So you just get this big giant bald spot, and it's real <laughs> obvious to everybody. Uh, so, hey man, it's fine. Just shave your head, or go the rest of your life trying to convince movie studios to never ever shoot. <laughs> uh, maybe he, you think he has like a double for when they have to shoot <laughs> a shot of his characters in movies from behind. I think you, you could probably like get some hair in a can and spray enough of it to cover that go spot. Le- go the, Le- the LeBron route. Yeah, something like that. All right, that's possible too. I just, I'd like to be John Cena's hair double. What a gig that would be! <laughs> so to re- work out all the time and have a full <laughs> head of hair. That's all you need to do to be John Cena's. Well, I think, I think hair you're qual- I think you, you're qualified. Yeah. All right, uh, that's it, everybody. So until next time, I'm Ethan. I'm Liam. And we will be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. I've uh, I've learned this week so far that I've grossly uh, taken for granted the amount of work that uh, my wife does in taking care of the dog. <laughs> like it's probably because I'm woefully out of shape, and my job, my dog job, also involves me being on my feet for like six hours at a time. But sure, sure, my legs hurt so bad just from walking the dog three times a day. <laughs> <laughs> Like usually she ends up walking him twice and I walk him once every day. And mm-hmm. now we're just it feels like I just I I wake up, I walk the dog, I go to work, I come home, I walk the dog, I sit down for an hour, 
time to walk the dog again. And that's the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. On a on a mildly different subject. And by mildly, <laughs> I mean very different. Yes. Have you ever have you ever run into somebody that you know that you legitimately thought you would never ever see again as long as you live? Oh sure, yeah. I that happened to me today. I was uh, coming out. <laughs> I ran into uh, two of my two of the assistant managers that worked at Staples when I was there. <laughs> um, nice people. Like I liked them. They're like we got along very well uh, while we were there. But they all like four of the managers left to go join CVS like at the same time <laughs> at one point. An invasion. Well, like, well, like one left and then she recruited the other three, basically. Um but like after that, like I didn't like I didn't hang out with anybody from Stables. I didn't talk to anybody really outside of work from Stables. So Yeah. Like I just, just thought never ever gonna see any of these people again. And I was okay with that because you know everybody's got everybody just go on living their lives. Right. And I was walking out of the of all places the comic store in Bel Air, Maryland this morning. And as I'm walking out, they are walking in with uh, the one uh, manager's young child. And I was like, <laughs> and I, like, I'm looking at my phone and I, I say, hey, Liam. And I look up and I'm like, uh, uh, like I just froze. <laughs> I was like, hey, <clears throat> like it felt like I had been caught like stealing or something. <laughs> like, I was, like I was in trouble for some reason, but I was like, no, I just. But you can't just say, I'm sorry, I don't have anything to say to you because I haven't thought about you for one second since the last time we saw each other in winter of 2015 or whatever. <laughs> That's great stuff. <laughs> God said in a I try to keep on keeping on.